We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me, as always, is the wonderful, beautiful, illustrious, amazing, grand, incredible Ariel. I was waiting for you to just be like, Daniel. I thought so, too. Daniel. <laughs> no, it's no. just Ariel. No. <laughs> I mean, that's what Discord says. Yeah. No. And Discord doesn't lie, so. <laughs> and we have Daniel. It's just Daniel. It's just Daniel. It's just Daniel. <laughs> Hi there. Uh, so today we're going to do discussions. Yes. About Death Island. Yep. But before we get to that, we have to have some breakdowns, don't we? I suppose so. Daniel is bouncing around in his seat ready to tell us his breakdowns of these BOWs. So go ahead, Daniel. Tell us these BOW breakdowns. All right. So the first one I'm going to go over is the amphibious liquor. This is not in order of the movie. But they're a liquor T-virus variant that was derived from the A-virus. Due to modifications, their durability was reduced as headshots and makeshift explosives were their weakness. They have gills or some organs similar to breathe underwater as well as lower jaw that can split these liquors also have a tail and limb webbing to assist in swimming they can still climb and reproduce like past models of liquors and they are used as incubators for the bio drones okay so explosions and headshots yes mm. it does say that they are not as durable as other liquors so I think Headshots are still like kind of terrible for liquors, but apparently not as not as bad for the other models as these ones. Oh my god! All right, then next we have the Neptune, or sometimes referred to as the Megalodon or the Infected Shark. It's a large mutated great white shark. It has no issue going after orcas, which sharks typically won't attack. The shark is resilient to gunfire and seemingly to explosives as well. No current weaknesses except for fusing with Dylan, who is on the path of dying. <laughs> current weakness, uh, fusing with Dylan. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's I told you. You had to hear what I wrote down. Oh, my God. All right. So next we have the zombies. These are individuals that are infected via the bio drones that incubate within the liquors. They're agile, able to jump and crawl to safety. They show some intelligence as to avoid some weapon fire, but it is not shown if that is a result of the virus or as a continuity error. Jeez. And they are still weak to headshots. Well, it's good to know that. <laughs> All right. Now the bio drones. 
Nearly invisible mosquito-like BOWs. They have a small mass on their back that could potentially house the virus they inject. They're incubated within the amphibious liquors, and they have almost an infrared vision and can be controlled to go after specific people. Not much else is known on them. Uh, then last we have uh, Dylan in quotes. <laughs> as the BOW. He has elephant-like legs, which is what I took those as in the what his legs look like, and a huge prehensile tail. He's able to withstand a plasma gunshot and multiple rockets. His weight category is well beyond many of the BOWs they have fought in the past. And as for weaknesses, he is weak to floodgate doors as well as underwater explosives. <laughs> oh my god. I'm making up like their little bio charts here. Like, Wow. Wait. Yep. It's awesome. It's more, yeah. It's not what you asked for, but it's what you got. <laughs> it's you what you needed. This <laughs> is what you needed. But that is what I have on the BOWs. I could probably think of some more hilarious stuff to add in there, but that is what I have. <sighs> oh boy. So, uh, Ariel, what do you have for our uh, characters? <laughs> oh boy. So. First one I'm going to go into is Leon. And I just want to say once again, this is two years after the events of Resident Evil 6 and one year after the events of Vendetta. Since we already covered like what happened prior, I'm just going to say like, why is he here? So Leon was tasked with rescuing and bringing robotics engineer Dr. Antonio Taylor into custody due to him leaking military secrets to oversee groups with his last location known in San Fran before being kidnapped. So that's kind of why Leon is here right now. Makes sense to me. Yup. So next we got our boy, Chris. So, the BSAA receives intel about mysterious infection cases happening across the city of San Fran, where victims are infected and turned without the means of transmitting of one's infection to another, with Redfield once again teamed up with his longtime partner, Jill, who is newly recovered from a six-year-long rehab and a joint investigation with San Fran Police Department. So, that's what Chris is doing Next is Jill. So Jill, having completed her rehabilitation and returning to the field, still is suffering from the psychological after effects from the P30 drugs and maintains a heavy guilt during her time under Wesker. She started to develop the desire for atonement for her actions in which she expressed through reckless actions, much to Chris's concern, who had taken notice of her change of behavior. So with the reports of victims in San Francisco, the BSA took interest and partnered with the San Francisco Police Department, a joint investigation with Valentine and Redfield acting as the lead agents on the case. So, that's what Jill was doing. Now we have Claire. So, Claire receives a call from a San Fran civilian, William Gunner, about an orca 
that had been tracked by Terrace mysteriously washed ashore and mutilated. So she went to investigate the scene and discovered the abnormal bite wound on the carcass, and that's kind of what stirred her into continuing on in the movie. So Claire kind of came in because of William Gunner. Then we got Daniel's favorite, Rebecca. Rebecca. So with the mysterious cases of infection and murder sprouting around San Fran with the 12 victims losing their lives, Chambers assisted Redfield and Jill and their joint investigation alongside the police department, as well as Claire. She conducts research in the laboratory where she finds out the similarity between all of these victims is they visited Alcatraz. That is basically Rebecca. So now let's go into Dylan Blake, kind of going off from the main characters here. So, Dylan Blake was a former mercenary hired as an off-duty Umbrella Security Service operative to assist in neutralizing civilians and evacuating high government officials. After the mission went awry, Dylan was forced to murder his friend JJ. Then, in 2015, he became a bioterrorist known for his involvement in the Alcatraz Island outbreak, planning to reset society through a modified T-virus and recruiting Maria Gomez to his cause. In 2014, with the death of Arias and Diego, Blake and Maria took over Arias' operations, whereas Arias sought revenge against the United States government for the death of his wife, Blake sought instead to clean the slate of society with the engineering of a non- transmissible T-virus strain, enhanced using Aries's A-virus and harvested from liquor larvae. Blake and Gomez would begin to develop experimental mosquito drones, programmable bioweapons enhanced with military-grade robotics, as a vector to infect individual targets, who would later be euthanized without causing an outbreak. Hmm. So that's kind of the history there with Dylan. So with Maria, kind of the same thing. She was contacted by Dylan, who then revealed his plan on targeting Leon, Leon, Chris, Claire, and Jill, as he blamed the organizations and government they were employed by for prolonging and intensifying the war on terror. And because of her grudge with them, Maria accepted. So that's kind of Maria there. Antonio Taylor. He was a former graduate of Massachusetts Institute of Technology, so MIT, and is employed by DARPA as a specialist in robotics engineering. Prior to his kidnapping, he sells classified information to foreign entities outside of the U.S. government, which leads to him being wanted for treason. At 
the armory, he is forced to create mosquito drones with the equipment that Dylan has acquired from Arius's commercial front for crime syndicates, the Agua Industries, with the modified strain of tyrant virus, which is not highly contagious and can only infect the victim but cannot transmit the infection. So, during his work, he ends up creating a backdoor code to the network in case of a betrayal ever occurring and tucks this information away in his pen. So, that's kind of the backstory with Antonio Taylor. So, we got Ingrid, who literally... It's just there to assist. I mean, realistically. She is there supporting Leon, trying to get Antonio Taylor, and then also advises Rebecca on some information to help them to help her out a little bit later on. So doesn't play a huge role. Still glad she was there. 100%. So that's about it. I mean, yeah, I still have JJ, William, Gunner, and Zach, but I've already basically explained JJ. Um, William Gunner was literally just literally there to call Claire about the orca carcass. And we got our boy, Zach, the YouTuber. He's probably the most important character. Probably. <laughs> probably was. Hands down. So, yep, there are my characters. Uh, well, on that note, I guess it's time for us to go to our mid-break. <laughs> Well, here we are in the middle of the episode. Middly. Oh, wow. <laughs> Enthusiasm is so strong with you. Have you met me? <laughs> uh, well, while we're here, Ariel, what do we do next? We thank our patrons. That's right. We have to thank our wonderful, amazing, incredible, awesome, illustrious patrons, such as our VIP patrons Oracle, Service 91, Chris Slate, Christian. The Dog 47, Glenn Meeks, Jay Zoops, Jeremy Kelly, Lord Salazar, Mystery Bemo, Naked Mango, Star Power Bitches, The Compound, The Pumpkin King, Seven Sins, and William Jackson. And then, of course, our all access patrons Edward Parks, Remington Cloutier, Steve Hilder, and our official patrons Quattro Hawkes. Paul Murphy, Ryan Black, and some random guy. So thank you to our patrons. They're amazing. We love them. And they're oh so awesome. Yes, thank you, patrons. We do greatly appreciate it. And we greatly appreciate you listeners. Because without you, we wouldn't have a show. Nope, no show. <laughs> At least not with Resident Evil. Uh, so, Daniel. What the hell did you bring? Well, if you ever need a blanket, especially to throw over Ariel when she complains about no going first. (laughs) (laughs) 
you can get this Resident Evil Umbrella UBCS throw blanket. Literally to throw over Ariel. Damn it, Daniel. <laughs> it comes in multiple sizes. Looks like for a small, it's 40 inch by 30 inch. And it runs 26, 26 to up to a large, which is 80 inch by 60 inch, which is 56, 72. Wah, 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 wah. You can get it as early as expressed by September 1st as of this recording. Or standard, which would be between September 1st and September 5th. Currently does not show the shipping cost. But it is on Redbubble. And it is created by the Adrian Art. And it's Resident Evil Umbrella UBCS Throw Blanket. Especially if you want to cover somebody, like, if they're complaining about not going first. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to have two blankets. <laughs> One's just thrown over you because you weren't first. The other one because it's Resident Evil 4. That's all I got. Aaron, what do you have? Oh, shit. You're going to make me go? I may as well go last. Wow. Cranky. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, I have something that food? might change that. And it's not food. No, it's not edible at all. In fact, it smells good, though. Uh, so uh, I have a savor room candle. That's right. I have a Resident Evil 1 inspired savor room candle. And this item comes to us from Slaps Candles on Etsy. And it is a whopping... $19 even. It's about fucking time. <laughs> and if you want to pay extra to get a gift wrapped, it's $23 even. <laughs> Just for you, Ariel. Okay, I'm looking at it right now and I want it. <laughs> you want all of these things. I do. <laughs> So, if you want to get your hands on this candle, uh, yeah, go to the link in the show notes below, and uh, you can, you too, can have an awesome save room candle. I don't know what the scent is on it. It's save room scent. It's yeah, it's save room scent. Um, Typewriter ink safety. And it's, it's like sweat. It's an eight ounce candle and has a forty hours worth of burn. That's that's all I can tell you on this one. Save room scent. <laughs> Think, I feel like it would be like ink ribbons, like ink scent and like old sweat. wood. <laughs> yeah, old wood and sweat because like <laughs> gross. If you get the right one, it'd be like a, a train car. Choo -choo. No. Well, Ariel, what do you have? I read an article much like I always do and this one comes from PC Games. And the title is New Horror Game as Resident Evil 4, but scarier and set in World War One. Okay, I'm listening. So Jordan Maki, the solo developer of Conscript, spoke at Gamescom about his upcoming World War One horror game inspired by Resident Evil 4. So Conscript is one of the most unique horror games, and it's unsettling in all the right ways. 
There's nothing scarier than real life itself, after all, and Conscript takes place within the trenches of World War I while drawing from iconic games like Resident Evil 4. You play as a lone French soldier navigating the brutal environment and solving complicated puzzles. At Gamescom, they got the opportunity to talk to Jordan Maki, the solo catchweight studio developer behind the classic inspired horror game. When asked about any inspirations in particular outside of the event, Maki cited games like RE4 as well as its predecessors. He referred to Conscript as a big mix of like a lot of different Resident Evils. <laughs> Conscript deviates from such classics with its heavy real-world themes, though as the First World War is central. There is no crawling monsters because World War I was horrific enough already. So... If you want to experience the game for yourself, you can download the free Conscript demo on Steam now. Conscript will launch in quarter one of 2024, so you have to wait a bit longer before you can play the fully released version. But you can download the free demo now. Oh, we might have to check that out. Uh, yeah. I'm always up for new horror games, so I will have the link for that in the show notes. Woo-woo. All right. Well, that's the end of the med break. Yep. Unless Ariel has something to say about it. Uh, Yeah, I need food, like, now. So while, you know, I wait for food, I may as well just roll on over to Fan Roll Dice. Use the promo code AlmightyC10 and save 10% off purchase of dice, dice trays, dice bags, dice towers, lots of different dice things. They have a whole bunch of different types of dice. And they also have a new type of dice called the liquid core dice. Which Aaron happens to have the dragon eye and I have like the oil dice. The liquid core dice is super pretty. They're super cool. So yeah, go on over there, check out their dice and all the different things they have. And save yourself 10% off your purchase. And while you're at it, switch on over to Nixie Gaming and use our promo code LOZLORE and save yourself 10% off your purchase of Switch accessories. They have a whole bunch of different types of accessories like docking stations and whatnot and they also have controllers for your switch and their new thing is the gamecube controllers which are super cool so go check them out and save yourself 10 percent off your purchase and i do have the links for both of those and the promo codes in the show notes Woo woo! well with that being said we're going to go to the end of the episode and get some Ariel some food. Yes. Well, here we are at the end of the episode. And that means discussion time. Don't everybody run at first. I don't run. <laughs> are you kidding me? No. Okay. Discussion time. I loved this movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> I really did. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. So one thing I would like to discuss is I love how they talked about what happened with Jill. Okay. I loved that. I loved how it went into her whole, like, she was in the rehab for six years and how she feels guilty over being controlled by Wesker and how she just wanted to kill all of her friends. And she was aware of that. She couldn't stop herself and she was aware that she just wanted to kill him. I loved how they went into that. We finally got to see what happened to Jill. Yeah. There were some consequences to the events of the series for Jill, which we got to see play out. I know, like, she hasn't, she hasn't been, we haven't seen her in such a long time. So I loved that they weren't just like, okay, here's Jill. That they actually explained some stuff, and I loved it. And even with Chris, with Chris feeling guilty over Piers, and yeah, the events of Six happened two years prior, and... Vendetta happened a year so we did see him in Vendetta but I loved how they played into it with his psyche too because I feel like it's a build up for what's going to happen to Nine mm-hmm. and we saw his almost lack of emotion in 7 and 8 not really a lack of emotion but kind of his detachment yeah. And mostly eight. And I just love how they're building it up. It's about damn time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's it's nice to see them doing it. It's nice to see that Jill's having to deal with the issues Chris is having to acknowledge that all of his partners, some some bad shit happens. Leon acknowledging he's always in the thick of it. No vacations for me. <laughs> well, I love too how even Chris hinted at the longer you stay in, the more you lose part of your soul, basically. Like, essentially, that's what he was saying. Yeah. And I loved it. I also loved what they did with Rebecca. She honestly seemed to have more of a personality in this. I like that she had similar attire to her stars uniform. <laughs> <laughs> well, like what I mean by like seemed like has more of a personality. She was more outspoken and sarcastic as fuck. I loved it. You know what I loved? She's the only character in the entire series that hasn't tried to get out. Okay. She's not the she's the only one who's not trying to pay for past mistakes. She's the only one who's not trying to get out. She's in it to win it. And she's the only one with a level head. She was the one giving Chris advice about chill. Oh, and she was quick with that advice, too. Mm -hmm. I love how they made her even smarter 
as well. Because yes, Rebecca was always brilliant. She was always smart. But I loved that it showed growth with that because like right away she had a freaking cure. Right away. She has gotten so much smarter that it wasn't just played off as, okay, you're the smartest one. That showed growth. Even if you are the smartest one, you can still learn more shit. Loved it. Well, and she's also not the, you know, person in the chair. She's not the the face behind the screen. She gets out there and she still can shoot. She wasn't the damsel in distress Mm -hmm. with a... I quote unquote arranged marriage that wasn't really arranged. It was more I'm kidnapping you and going to marry you. Damsel in distress. Like she was a badass in her own right in this. And I also think she was too full of herself either because I mean she's smart, like we've said, but she's not computer savvy as far as like Claire is. Like Claire's a hacker. Mm-hmm. While Rebecca's the scientific part. So like she didn't stop Claire at all. They both knew hey, you're better at this, and she stepped aside and let her do it, and then when Claire was in, then Rebecca did her thing. Like, there was no arguments between the two that said, hey, no, I need to do this, because I'm the smart one. Mm-hmm. She knows she knows how to step aside and let somebody do something that's better than her. Mm-hmm. Well, I also like the fact that with the Claire and Rebecca scene, once it was done... And Claire was about to go full nuclear on the the nanobots. Rebecca was the one to go, hold on, let's use our big brains here. Okay. <laughs> Actually, let's see what we can do with these. But that played into both their characters. Claire is very much a shoot from the hip kind of gal. She Hedge- always has been. Headstrong. Headstrong, shoot from the hip. You know, she has her place, but her place isn't the brains. Of the outfit. I liked that they fed off of each other in that scene. Oh, yeah, because that was definitely some quick critical thinking on Rebecca's part. Like, hey, let's use these drones because we can infect the uh, Megalodillon (laughs) (laughs) with all of this freaking T-virus and overload his system. It's great quick thinking on her part. I also want to mention and make note that though Chris and Leon are badasses in their own right in this, they also seem to be a little bit slower than the youngers. Yeah. Yeah. They're starting to show their age a bit. And I appreciate that. I love, like, going, sort of going off of that. Like, I love how all of the main characters were represented as absolute badasses in this. Loved it. It wasn't, this movie is solely about how Chris and Leon are badasses or solely, you know, just picking a couple characters and making them badasses. No, all of them were badasses in this, and I loved it and appreciated it. Yeah, like I was talking to Ariel earlier and I was referencing the first scene you see Jill and having her training back to use when she was using the flashlight going from room to room to show that she still got her skills, remembers things Mm -hmm. from even being brainwashed 
she's back to like in the groove of how she should be. Yeah. I do kind of like this dynamic that this team has too, where you have Papa Chris, <laughs> uh, you have, uh, you know, big brother Leon, you have big sister Claire, Mama Jill. Yeah, because she didn't have that like long jacket that mm-hmm. I said to Ariel. The, she looks like a yeah, soccer Yeah, the cardigan. Mom. Yep. And then you have, you know, little sister Rebecca. They, they've got this family-like dynamic as they cruise through this movie. And it's great because any other time we've seen them interact with each other, there's always some sort of bickering match. They're fighting with each other. There's always some drama. The only drama was that Chris was worried about Jill. And Jill, in a way, let Chris still worry about her but just reassured him, I'm going to be fine. I just have to do this. There wasn't a fight about it. Chris was like, well, fuck. All right, fine. He just looked out for her. There wasn't a fight. There wasn't there wasn't this drama that there was in the other movies and throughout the other games. It was just, hey, we've all been through the thick of it. We've been through some shit. We know all know what we're doing. We trust each other. Family. <laughs> wow. Fear. <laughs> fear the fucking mosquitoes because I loved that too. Could you imagine? Oh, mosquitoes. What an effective way to spread a fucking virus. Uh, that really throttled me back in my chair because this is the first time in the entire series that I felt like, holy shit, if that were real, it would actually be a huge threat. Yes, absolutely. And even though, yes, they were drones and not like real mosquitoes, that doesn't matter. That's terrifying enough. Well, and I think he had it set up like it showed on the computer a plan for, in the words of Wesker, total global saturation. (laughs) Oh my God. Ugh. Ugh. Terrifying. I really liked the bad guy in this because he didn't follow the typical bad guy trope. You mean Kevin Bacon? Yeah, Kevin Bacon didn't follow the typical bad guy trope in this. <laughs> well, I mean, he did monologue for a long extra time, and then he did become another VOW. I okay. mean, I felt like it it was still kind of the same trope of bad guy they were going with. I was hurt by this, so I'm going to rid the world of everybody, you know, start with the clean slate it kind of seems redundant it's i wish i'd go with something different okay but let's stop for a second yeah explain yourself because i want to go off hers okay we have never had a bad guy who was truly insane and acknowledged that they were insane until now did he acknowledge his insanity though basically basically the whole time i mean he pretty much played the Joker in this. I mean, he put the gun to his head how many times in the game, in the in the movie and pulled the trigger willingly and went, nope, it's not my time. Like, the, he acknowledged in a way with his actions, yeah, I know I'm batshit, but I don't care. I'm taking the one percenters down. Everybody else's plan was about global domination. And in a way, his was too, but his was basically just hitting the reset button on society. There will no longer be a 1% to do to other people what these people did to me. 
And I can't be here either because technically I'm part of the 1%. So I have to go too. Bye bye. He didn't infect himself to further his plan. He infected himself because he acknowledged that, yeah, I'm also part of the problem. So I got to go. I mean, I agree with you that he was completely and utterly batshit crazy. (laughs) Definitely was. And just adding that whole Russian roulette aspect just solidified his insanity. Yeah, because I told Ariel that I think, so if he snapped and was like, umbrellas of the cause here, while, you know, I had to kill my teammate, my friend, instead of going where he's like, I'm going to make kill everybody, he should have went the opposite way. And even though he was had lost it, he should have put everything against like Umbrella or any other bioterrorism thing that came about. You know, like I have to stop them from doing what happened to us. You would think he'd become a zealot that way instead of mm. being because it seemed like he just just let it. He was like, eh, I'm going to do what other bad guys do. But I think he should have went and went after Umbrella or other organization, which that still could have been which a he, cooler movie, too, which he technically did. He even told us many times in the movie he was only targeting the 1%. And he had a kill switch. So his intent was once the 1% was all zombified and dead, which is why his virus couldn't spread through bite, he was going to kill them all. He wanted to show the world what true monsters look like and then eradicate them all in one fatal swoop. Yeah, but... It wouldn't it how he had that computer map and he was doing like the thing if it spread, it was taking over everything. So if if he's not killing everybody, how are you gonna eliminate one percent out of that entire model there? Plus those zombies too still attack other people. Mm-hmm. They just don't transfer the the virus, but they still attack and kill people. So he'd still have a whole like a ridiculous amount more deaths on his hands don't get me wrong yeah he's batshit and he's still the bad guy and his whole idea was so full of holes it was like swiss cheese but it's different than what we've seen i argue because everyone else was about them being the one percent them being top tier he didn't want anybody top tier he wanted to eradicate specifically the top tier and he even said if a couple if, if people, innocent people had to die to do that, it was worthy of the cause. Yeah. And I don't think that he should have worried about forcing Jill to feel like he did then. He should have not even worried about that whole arc right there. Yeah, that, 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 that I can't, I can't justify any of that. That's, that's typical Resident Evil bad guy. Yeah, because I'm shit. like, if you don't care... <laughs> that you're going to die yourself. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't care that Jill's going to feel what you felt. Oh, boy. Well, on a little bit of a different note, I liked how they brought in some elements of Vendetta with Maria. They brought back Maria. Oh, yeah. I liked that carryover of the story, yeah. Because yeah, I liked how they just kind of brought her back in. She wants vengeance. What was she infected with again? Revenge. No, I said the B virus. Yeah. <laughs> I said she was infected with the B virus, which is the bitch virus. 
Is she a bitch? Did you know what her weakness was? Plot armor. I iron poles through the chest. <laughs> iron poles through. Wow. Steel. It might she, be steel. It might be she iron. died like she lived. A little bitch. <laughs> I really thought she was going to walk towards Leon way further before falling to the ground. Like, or like rear up like she was going to attack him and then like death hit her. Throw like one of those weak ass punches at the end. Yeah, and just die. I want to say that fight scene was very another telltale sign of Leon's age. Like he was keeping up kind of. Well, and also keep in mind, too, because, yes, it is about the age thing, but he just got cured from this virus. He was still little. You know, he hasn't recovered fully. Get my boy a break. Hey, she could end in that fight quickly if she would have jabbed him in the eye with the heel of her shoe instead of hitting him with the the flat part of it. I feel like, yeah, she could have easily just killed him right away. Well, she wanted yeah. to toy with him. I'm a toy with you because you're protected by plot armor. <laughs> she's trying to whittle the plot armor away and she just didn't get to it. <laughs> oh. Maria! Maria! <laughs> I like how Leon basically talks shit about her dad to him even after she died. Dad's a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like she was dead and he was like, you can go be with your dad now. Like, <laughs> Leon had no fucks to give about her or her dead dad. I don't think he said it, though, in a kind of... Like, not like that, because he said something about seeing his dad in the afterlife, wasn't it? Yeah, like, I think he was... It was his attempt at being nice. <laughs> he came like, off like a real dick. y'all can be together now, because you were trying to kill me because you were pissed I killed your dad. So you're both dead, and you all can be together. Like, I think it was his... His way of trying to be nice. It was his redemption. And see, he doesn't have to worry about Salkin now that he killed somebody and, and her father. He's like, I'm done. Well, there goes that family lineage. Thread done. <laughs> Thread tied. Uh, but it was a nice cleanup. I agree with Ariel. I like that it came back. It was a nice cleanup for Maria. I got your picture. I'm coming with you. Nope. Dear Maria, count me in. Nope. Leaving your ass at home. <laughs> Because you infected with the B virus. <laughs> How about uh, not only did our zombies get an upgrade, but our liquors did too. I know I keep saying I'm tired of seeing liquors because I am because they're like in everything. I did like that this wasn't just regular liquors. They kind of did something with them. So it was okay. Yeah, they made them a little bit more fucking terrifying, honestly. <laughs> oh, water? Oh, yeah, we're not weak to that shit anymore. Oh, yeah, we can swim, motherfucker. We got you. They made them blind, though. I think it was to an extent. I don't think they were fully blind. Like, the liquors don't usually have too visible of eyes anyways. So I think they made it more like a sound thing. But I get what you're saying, because like being aquatic, you're mm -hmm. not going to have your vision as much in the water. I don't think they were necessarily fully blind, though. But maybe movement was one of those that their visions based on movement. Because I didn't read anything anywhere about them actually being blind. I thought they were blind, too. So that's why I don't know if they were actually blind or not. So they see like T-Rexes do. <laughs> Just don't. Allegedly. Move. Uh, 
But no, it was a nice upgrade. Everything that we are used to seeing got a nice little upgrade in this. Which I agree with Ariel could be a telltale sign of what's gonna be in store for us in nine. Yes, which this okay, this is to me clearly this isn't this is a theory I have. This is their way of bringing everybody together in nine. Because this was a perfect way to bring all of the main characters together and give them a reason why they would be together in nine. Now everybody's met each other. They've all worked together. What a great way to incorporate that into nine. If you wanted to go into giving an actual conclusion to all of the main characters of Resident Evil. Well, and I originally had an argument with this until I went back and I realized that in seven and eight, Chris was basically borrowed out by Blue Umbrella. He didn't actually work for Blue Umbrella. The entire his entire team was sent by the BSAA to be employed by Blue Umbrella to keep an eye on their asses. So that would make sense why he doesn't have ties to Leon and Jill and Rebecca and everybody in those two games in the series at this point. It also makes sense why at the end of eight, he says basically, fuck, um, fuck blue, bru- blue umbrella. Yep. So you're saying he was undercover? Yes, basically. he was. He would, it is canon that he was basically undercover operative BSAA with blue umbrella. Yeah, he was literally there to keep an eye on them mm-hmm. to see what to make sure that they weren't doing anything bad. So I mean, half of the, the bads right in the name umbrella. I know that's why I argued, but not argued, but uh, said to Aaron, yeah, that, uh, it's blue umbrella. It's still gonna be bad. Yeah, just the umbrella logo, but with blue. white and blue <laughs> instead of white and red. Yeah. Well, and everything. It looks like it's rolling into exactly what Ariel's saying, which is it's all going to be tied up with a nice, neat bow. And I think we're going to get this is kind of what I hope. I hope in nine we have two separate storylines like we've always had in the originals. I hope we get to play as team Leon Claire with Hunnigan being our little handheld and we have Jill and Chris. And in that mode, we have Rebecca being our kind of intel operative. That would be badass. Would like that a lot. It also opens up multiplayer mode, which I am here for. <laughs> Depends on how they do it. But yeah. anyway. So, are we ready to do our ratings? Let's do it. Ariel, you can go first. Five out of five, Leons. <laughs> no thoughts. No thoughts. Listen, it. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I loved the plot of it. I loved the story of it. I loved everything about it. Nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Another enjoyable CGI film. Danny? I would say I'm probably going to agree with five out of five. Of course, part of that is Rebecca, but that's not the only reason. Mm-hmm. It did have a good story. I did like Jill's whole first 
scene that she was in. Uh, I thought it was great. I think it was in the trailer, though, but I think it still was great. Her shooting the zombie while on the table and the glass breaking beneath her. That was just awesome. Because <laughs> all she did was just fall down with it. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think it was pretty good. A lot of the action, yeah, was out there, but it's Resident Evil game. And with Chris being all a punch of boulder, I think we've pushed all reality out the door. <laughs> Should have punched the shark. Yeah. Straight up punch the shit out of that shark. <laughs> Just once. So I'm going to throw a wrench in all of this, and I'm going to give this a six. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the exist. fucking scale. I'm going to give Doesn't. it a six. I fucking loved this movie. I could watch this motherfucker over and over again. It was great. Damn it, I should have thought of that. <laughs> Going above a five. <laughs> it breaks the scale. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Do it again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anybody out there that hasn't seen Death Island, you know, probably shouldn't have listened to this anyways. But if you did (laughs) listen to this, buy it, watch it. It's worth it. And on those words of advice from Ariel, thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye there. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.